Welcome to the 360 Serve podcast. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. Today, we get to continue our conversation with Barnabas from China as he shares with us how he came to know Jesus as his Savior and Lord and how God called him to serve the house church movement in China. Now, let me give you some great news. For years, myself and others have encouraged Barnabas to write a book on his life and ministry. Guess what? Barnabas has finally done just that. I've read it. It's outstanding. And in later episodes, I'll share with you how to get a copy and even a free copy of his book. 360 Serve is all about a new way to do missions where we help you support indigenous church planners who are living in their country. They know their culture and language. They're very effective in reaching their own country for Christ. And I just want to thank you for your prayers, your support. So many lives are being changed all over the world. I trust you've been encouraged and inspired getting to know Barnabas, our movement leader from China. Today, we get to hear the amazing story of how Barnabas came to know Jesus as his Savior and Lord. Well, it's so great to be back with our brother Barnabas from China. And in this episode, I'm really excited, Barnabas, because it's in this uh episode, you get to talk about your testimony, how you came to Christ. So tell us that story, Barnabas. As you have known, I I grew up in a church. To be exact, I actually leave at the church after I be, I'm being adopted. Uh, so for at least 10 years, from age of five to age of 15, uh, I slept on the branch of the church. I still have a photo of it. Uh, it's a very narrow branch and uh, I can figure out how I can stay on the bench and sleep at the bench every night. So growing up in a church doesn't make me a question. When I grew up in the church, I see the dark side of the church. I, I have been stealing for the deacons and for my adaptive mother, from, uh, steal the relief goods to sell in the market for money. I see the behavior of the pastors. I see pastor coming to preach, and then after preaching, they will sell Chinese medicine. I see a lot of crazy things. So when I'm young, before the age of 15, I have made a decision for myself. I'm telling myself I will never, ever be a Christian because I think even I'm young, but my moral standard, I don't know where it comes from. Maybe it comes from when I was born. Uh, I think I am better off than these guys who call themselves pastor's wife or, or the deacons of the church, or some will say they are devoted Christians. Some, uh, they said that they have the spiritual gift to speak in tongues. And uh, after they speak in tongues, they yell at people saying dirty words. I, I mean, even as a kid, I, I know this is not right and this is not what I'm looking for. So I decided not to be a Christian. But God is amazing. He is so amazed. Only he can change people's hearts and he changed my heart when I'm 15 years old. So what happened at age 15? I just graduated from high school. Uh, I graduated very early. I'm a pretty good student, hopefully. So I graduated from high school in the summer of that year. And uh, I want to go for further study. As an often growing up, I always want to prove myself. And I think academically, I am very good. I am always first informed, first in class, and I got a lot of awards. I got scholarship 
I don't need to pay anything. At that time, education in Hong Kong is not free. You have to pay something. And I don't have to because my academic grade is very good. So I, I do not have to pay anything. So I am very proud of myself in some way. I, I want to be an educated man. But my adaptive mother, she is old, you know. Uh, when I graduate, she is already 65, uh, 75, I'm sorry. She wants me to be her social security to earn money for her. And actually, starting from the age of six, when my adaptive uh, father passed away, I started to come out to work and at the same time study. So I'm actually raising my adaptive mother up instead of she raised me up. But nobody knows my, my trouble, you know, because she will tell everybody, including her relatives, that uh, she is so kind to me. So that's why when I'm young, I hate women. I think they are all hypocrites. You know, they're telling lies, and I don't like that. That's one of the reasons I don't want to be a Christian. But after I graduate from high school, my adaptive mother asked me to go out to work, uh, so I'm looking for work. I, 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 can, I cannot say it's my good thing because I never talked to him. But this guy is a classmate from my, from my school. Uh, he's a Christian. So he always wants to uh, talk to me. He's very concerned about me. So after graduation, we, we do not need to go to class, but he sent me a letter and saying that uh, there's the summer camp. Uh, you don't have to pay any money. I would like you to join the summer camp. Uh, it is for seven days and uh, it's in the city of Kowloon uh, because I live in the new, terri new territories. That means the countryside in Hong Kong of Taipo at that time. Uh, so he said that I will take care of your, all your expenses. I give him a call telling him that I need to get approval from my adaptive uh, mother. Because if I, I go out uh, to the camp, that means for seven days, I will not make any money. I'm this delivery newspaper. I, I work in the wet market, making money every day. Not much, but making money. But if I go to the camp, that means I have no income to give to my adaptive mothers. I'm not sure if she will allow me to go. So I told him that uh, I will let you know uh, when it is the right time to ask my adaptive mother. So I wait for two days and uh, I finally talked to her. And she said that, uh, okay, uh, you will make no income when you go to the camp, but um, you probably deserve uh, to go for one week uh, because you have been working hard. Uh, you just graduate. So this is your graduating gift. So I called my friend and I uh, said, yeah, I can go. Honestly, I don't, I don't really like to go to a camp. I know in the city that it's not a camp. We just live in a building apartment, you know, and then there's no fun, no activities. And I know what is a Christian camp looks like in Hong Kong at the time. It's everyday Bible study. People talk to you, want to convey you to be a Christian, and there will be singing and people, and then pastor pitching. It's very, very boring to me. Uh, but I think it is uh, a good way to escape from my adaptive mother. So I, the reason I go is I don't want to face my adaptive mother at least for seven days. I, have a, I can have a, an escape. I, I think I will know how to deal with these pastors and counselors who will try to share the gospel with me. You know? So I decided to go and I was at the camp. There are 120 teenagers like me. I think I'm still the youngest, age 15. Uh, many of them are from Christian family, and uh, I think at least half of them are already claimed themselves to be Christian. Half of them a lot. 
uh, within five days, uh, all the 60 uh, long Christians who came to the camp claimed themselves to be Christian, except me. I'm the only one that is not a Christian because they announced uh, in public that there's one long Christian, and I know that's me. Uh, so on the last night, which is a Friday night, usually the camp program will have a, ca- a candlelight meeting and they will ask all the questions, especially those who become Christian during that week to stand up and share a few words. Why do, how do you become a Christian? To, to share your testimony. So I'm very happy at the time. I don't like public speaking. I think uh, it's good. Everyone will stand up and I can just sit down I, because I will never be questioned. Before the first one is going to share, uh, Pastor, I forgot his name, I forgot who he is, but I remember he talked for about 15 minutes. I don't remember what he talked about, but I remember he used John 3.16, For God so loved the world. I'm the intellectual in my Christmas and a farmer's church in Taipo. I live in that church for 10 years. And I'm the one who go to school and uh, educated so I can read the Bible to them when they come to Bible study. And, and usually during the week for Bible study, there will be only less than people show up and uh, they come just for social gathering from my perspective. When there's time for Bible study, someone will read and usually it's me. So I read the Bible to them and then they will pray a little bit and then they will be social talking again. Uh, so John 3.16, I know I can memorize it. You know, I know the words, but I have never touched it by God. Uh, so when the pastor read John 3.16, the Holy Spirit started to work on me. You know, I was sitting with among these 120 uh, teenagers. I was sitting in, in that chapel. The light is not gleaming. There's no thunderstorm outside, but the Holy Spirit came into my heart. No one around me knows what is going on in my heart. The Holy Spirit turned me upside down. When I say turn me upside down, the Holy Spirit affects my thinking. Of, uh, <clears throat> I mean, my value system is gone. My hate women system is gone. I begin to understand I'm looking for love for many, many years. I think there's no love in this world. No one loves me. No one hugs me. No one really cares about me. And there's a bunch of hypocrites in the church. God can change my world will in just a few seconds. And I feel, I feel the love of Jesus Christ. I was looking for love and I live in a church. I read the Bible. I teach Sunday school and I even give a sermon on Sunday when I'm 15 years old, when the guest speaker doesn't show up. You know, I, do, I did a lot of crazy things, and I'm not a Christian. But at that moment, when the Holy Spirit comes into my heart, completely changed me, completely changed me. I think if you're a Christian and you hear what I say, you understand what I mean. So that's how I become a Christian. It's not a dramatic story. But it is a great touch by the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful that God finally find me. I'm very rebellious. I'm sinful. But I know he forgot my sin at the time. I remember tears comes out from my eyes. For 10 years, although I'm a young kid, my adaptive mother abused me. 
beat me up, I may be crying when I'm a kid because of the pain and the beating. But I never cry facing all kinds of difficulties. But when I face the love of Jesus Christ, his love make me cry because I, I do not deserve his love, but he loves me. He loves me. His love touched my heart. So you know what I do? I don't think many people will do the same thing when you become a Christian. After that meeting that night, I, I did stand up to share a little bit. I just told them very briefly, I become a Christian, and then I sit down. After the meeting, of course, they want to talk to me, but I go into the toilet to escape from their interroga- <laughs> interrogation. You know, they want to care about me, and I don't want. I don't. I don't want that. I want to face myself. I want time to be alone with God. I so I escape, and I go. The only thing I can do in a very compact apartment with 120 teenagers, the only space I can go to is in the West Room. So I lock myself up in the in the toilet for a while. I pray and I'm rejoice. And then I come out, I look at the mirror. The first thing, crazy thing I do is I look at my face and I started to learn how to smile because you don't believe me. I left a smile. I basically left a smile from the age of five when I start to have my own memory to 15 years old for 10 years. Nothing can make me smile. And I started to learn how to smile. It's crazy, you know? Why do, why do you want to smile? Because I know I need to glorify God. And his love made me smile. I believe smile is close to God's heart because we need to be joyful when we receive Christ. So I learned how to smile. And it's not a good smile because for 10 years when you don't smile, even you try to smile, it doesn't look good at your face. <laughs> That's why I need to learn how to smile. You believe me, I learned. Even now, my smile is not good. Margaret, my wife, always said, you doesn't, you doesn't make a smile very nice. You, 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 your smile is like someone forcing you to smile. I said, yeah, I, I, I still learn. And I started learning to talk. What do you mean by learning to talk? Because for 10 years, I basically may be saying a few sentences maximum every day. If I go to school, there may be a question I must answer to the teacher, I will answer. At home, if my adaptive mother asks me to do something, uh, always, every day, her labor, I will say yes, I will never say no. And that's simple answer. I never explain to, to her, I, forget, I give up because it's, no matter what I say, I'm wrong. So I give up. I don't have friends. I don't want to make friends because uh, if they care about me, I, I don't know what to say to them. They won't believe my adoptive mother, who is a pastor's wife, is doing these things to me because no one will believe. Everybody look at her in public. She seems like a very nice lady. And, uh, you know, and so I have no friends. And then after I become a Christian, I started to learn how to talk. I think I talk about learn how to forgive. And God really made me another person. When I become a Christian, I'm a new person, really new person. I can, when I look at myself, oh, what a change, you know. And I believe this change is for good because the Holy Spirit gives me the power and the strength 
to overcome my sinful nature and uh, to encourage me to learn how to smile, to talk, and to share the gospel. You know, your salvation is just so beautiful. I think about, you know, the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, Mm -hmm. they become a new creation. All the old is gone and the new has become. And Barnabas, and just knowing you for 20 plus years, I've just seen, you know, over these years, God continue to transform you like Mm -hmm. he's transforming me. And wow, where God has led you. But would you talk just for a moment about just this call about the house church movement to serve that movement Tell a little bit about that, because that is so amazing. Yes, that's very important. When I received Christ at the camp or that apartment building, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, touched my heart. And I surrendered to God at that time. And at the same time, before I leave the testimony meeting, before I go into the toilet to hide myself and look at the mirror to learn how to smile, at the same time, interestingly, and it's very godly, God called me to serve him full time. What does this mean? I did not hear a direct voice from the Lord. It's not God that's like make an announcement to me, but the Holy Spirit touched my heart, and my heart tells my mind, or my mind tells my heart that you are being loved by the Lord. What will you do in return? You need to devote your life to serve your Lord whenever a Lord still gives you the best. When you are still alive, you are going to serve me. That's the God's command. So I get that. And how do I know that is a command or a calling from my Lord? Because the Holy Spirit will always, always remind me. If it's just from my instant that I want to serve the Lord, and I can, I, I can forget it. I can give a lot of excuses 10, 10 months later, a year later, two years later. Oh, I, Lord, I'm so busy with these things. I think my career path should go this way by not serving you. But no, God always reminds me all the time. So that's why he keeps me in the path. But also, not just the calling to serve him full time. At that time, the Holy Spirit is putting a name in my heart. It's the house church. You are going to serve the house church of China when the time is ready. I don't know what this means by ready. I do not know. It's the first time I hear the word house church. But it's very clear that God put this word into my heart because it's out of nowhere. You know, I do not read any document. I do not hear anyone say about house church. You know, that's in 1972. It's in the middle of the Cultural Revolution. I live in Hong Kong, in Taipo, which is about less than five miles from the border of China. Pretty, pretty close. And I see, I saw a lot of uh, people risk their life to escape from communist China to Hong Kong at the time, every day in my village, there will be people coming in because we are uh, near the sea, you know, so they swim across the river and some being shot dead or, or west and bring back to China, but some escape to Hong Kong. 
And they are poorer than us. We are very poor fishing village, but they are even worse than us. And I did not hear from them about church thing in China. And I, at that time, I, I do not care about the church in China. I have no information. So the house church, this name is the Holy Spirit put into my heart. And then from that on, I started to try to understand what is the house church? What is this calling all about? So I started to find out information from the, uh, about house church. There's not much at that time, even within the Hong Kong churches. But I started to learn from some scholars who knows a little bit and I read books about it. Uh, very limited resources, but I learned from Dr. Jonathan Chow at the time. Uh, he started an organization. And in 1975, a few years later, there's uh, a seminar in the Philippines in Melita. Uh, it's talking about sharing the gospel <clears throat> with the Chinese in mainland China. So someone sponsored me to go to that uh, seminar. And that's in 1975. I understand a lot more uh, about what is house church in China. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Barnabas, we're going to certainly get into um, the ministry that God's given you. I just find it amazing. I mean, our listeners are taking in your story. Here you are, this just young boy, uh, just not at all interested in following Jesus, mm-hmm. not wanting to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit invading your life, mm-hmm. saving you, yeah, transforming you. I like the word and at that, And at that moment, yeah, exactly, invading you mm-hmm. and then placing in your hearts this vision that you're going to serve God in the house church movement. Now, our listeners don't yet know what all this entails, and we can't cover every aspect of your life, Barnabas, but Mm. um, I just want to share a little bit that, because I know you're a humble man as well, but Barnabas, you are one of the few people that I know that have impacted so many and God has used to literally impact millions of people across China. God, over the years, and we're going to get into this in a little bit uh, in our next segments, has led you all over China over these 20 plus years (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, that you've really engaged deeply in the nation. And uh, you have uh, now, you have relationships, contacts with 48 of the primary most dynamic church planning movements in China, comprising 60 million believers. And uh, God has put you in relationship, and you are uh, just a, a an influential servant of God that we get to partner with, Barnabas, and it, it is just a joy. And I, I can't wait for us to talk about future segments, about what your ministry has become how we've joined it, and how we as listeners can join it as well. So I just want to say thank you, Barnabas. Praise the Lord for your story. And uh, I I pray that as we're listening to this, we're encouraged because our God is an awesome God who can change a life and use us greatly uh, for the call that he has on us. God has a call on all of our lives, doesn't he? Yes. I just love how God can take a 15-year-old boy growing up in an abusive family situation in China, wanting to have nothing to do with God. Our God can allow this person to feel his love, to open his heart to Jesus, so they are saved by God's grace, and then call him and prepare him to serve the Lord so that his ministry will extend to all 22 provinces of China, 
working with 48 of the most significant house church movements in the entire nation. This is our God. I love how 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says this, the one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Our God can do anything if we are but willing to surrender our lives to his will and trust him. I hope you're encouraged and inspired by Barnabas's testimony today. As I said earlier, I will tell you later how you can get a copy or even a free copy of his book so you can read the full story of his life and ministry. Here's your action step of the day. Pray that millions of people in China will feel the love of God. Pray that millions of Chinese will respond to the gospel being proclaimed in these 22 provinces through these 48 church planting movements. So millions will hear God's voice, become God's servants, and in turn, proclaim the gospel so that even more can come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's a big prayer, granted. But as we shared earlier, God's word states, the one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait for our next episode when Barnabas will share with us some of his first experiences of traveling and sharing the gospel in China and how this involved, wait for it, a 49-hour run from the police. Wow. Until then, may the Lord bless you.